I haven't actually heard your testimony as far as how you came to follow Jesus in the beginning. (laughs) This is Erica. That's Andrine. And you're listening to week three of Testify on the Holy District Podcast. It's it's a it's a weird journey, I'll say. So, growing up in the church, parents both pastors, so I was rooted in the church. My mom would tell me stories from back in the days of like me being like five, six, and seven, and like running through the church, speaking in tongues and laying hands on people and like healing and stuff like that. I can see it. Yeah, <laughs> she would tell me stories like that. I was like, wow, okay, but. You know, growing up as, you know, church girl and, you know, they always talk about pastor's children and all of that stuff. We call them PKs. Yeah. (laughs) You know, sometimes you just have to go out there and like see the world for yourself. So I think once I got in my later teens, that's when I kind of like started to like drift away a bit. Not drift away from God, but more like drifting away from the church itself. Mm. And I had experienced so many things in my life that at that point in time, I just kind of like wanted to step out on my own and felt like I can probably take better care of myself. At that point, I think I was around 16 going on 17. I'd experienced abuse, sexual abuse. I, I'd experienced so many things. Um, even with the, di- the divorce of my parents, um, it took a toll on me. So at that point, I just wanted to like step out and just do everything on my own. Mm. Um, I wanted to like, even when it came to college, I wanted to pay for school myself. I didn't want to be dependent on anyone. I just wanted to be completely independent from anything I was surrounded with before. I moved out really early. I moved out as soon as I could. As soon as I graduated high school, boom, I moved out. Mm. And got myself a place and started working two jobs and going to school because I just wanted to be self-sufficient. I just wanted to care for myself because I just felt like no one really cared and the people that were responsible for me, just in my opinion at the time, from from the outside looking in, I just felt like I wasn't being cared for the way I should have. Mm. And yeah, that led me on this journey of, you know, believing that I can do everything in my own strength, you know, and I went through life doing everything in my own strength, like pushing through no matter what. I would go through so many obstacles and I would suffer in silence because I just believe that I just should not be telling anyone anything that I'm going through, if I'm struggling financially, physically, whatever it is, I would not tell a soul. I would figure it out. And (laughs) yeah, looking at then to where I am now, you know, I can't believe I lived life like that. Yeah. (laughs) I can't believe I lived life like that. But it's so funny that where I am now, I can look back and see God's hands was, he was always on me always on me I would be in car accidents and like I wasn't supposed to make it out of it and I would make it out (laughs) like with not a scratch little things would just keep happening and 
I would make it out. And of course, I'll be thanking God, but just not realizing like the hand that he had on my life at the time when I was still wanting to be independent from Mm -hmm. him and everything else I knew. And I think it was around seven years ago, I was driving in my car and I would go on this my drive to work. I worked in Willow Grove, um, Pennsylvania, and it would be an hour and 10 minutes from where I live. And I'm used to like those long commutes. I kind of love it. And <laughs> I was driving in my car and every time I would listen to my playlist, I would call it a glitch where I would have a playlist and I have it set to like certain type of music in like a gospel song or a Christian song would be would sneak in there and all of a sudden like my soul would be crying because mm. it wouldn't be me because I would identify like oh my god why are you crying and it's like you're, you're having like a, a dialogue with yourself in the car yeah. like, why are you crying and the songs would just be touching me in like specific ways and it was always when I got to a specific exit <laughs> and, and, and it continued like that for I think a few weeks And then one day I was heading to work and I pull up at the stop sign and my brake failed. Wow. Like I could not, like I was punching it, would not work. And a huge tractor trailer came out and was turning. So (laughs) I'm going straight. He's making a turn. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, oh, my God, what do I do? I'm going. I saw it. I saw me going straight under that, crashing, and I I saw the whole thing. And the only thing I had in my pocket to pull out was Jesus. Mm. And I just said, Jesus. (laughs) That's all. I screamed out, Jesus. And honestly, like, I don't know. He completely took over the steering wheel. I just saw the steering wheel go left to right and it went around honestly people surrounded me that day because they were looking like how did you just do that there was this much space (laughs) to get around the tractor trailer because at that point on the other side it's just bushes trees and I think it was like a huge pit yeah a ditch or something on the side of the road so he managed to get the car around and parked it perfectly oh my gosh perfectly on the side of the road like pulled in like parallel park <laughs> on the side of the road and at that point i'm not even touching it i'm frantic yeah yeah i'm frantic screaming like i remember calling my co-worker like screaming in the car frantic and he's like what happened and i'm like this i'm like oh my god i almost died and like at that point i think i calmed down for two seconds and i looked i'm like how am i perfectly parked here like mm. how did that just happen And in that moment, I just realized, okay, you're trying to tell me something here. Something is happening. And it's time I start to, like, answer you. Uh (laughs) It's time that I start to have a conversation with what is happening here. Because whatever you're doing, obviously, you're trying to get my attention. And at that point, I started to, like, go home and, like, have conversations with him and said, you know what? I'm going to get back into the church. I'm going to start worshiping you more, start reading your word. And I remember after that, you know, I was still in and out. (laughs) I was still in and out because I was still trying to find my way back into a rhythm with him. And all of a sudden, like I was at work and I was talking to my cousin and we were we were just having a conversation about our life and looking at where we are now. And 
I started to see clearly God being in my life the entire time. Mm. It's like he was just laying out this visual to me of like, yeah, in this scenario here, when you thought I wasn't there, I was there. Remember when this happened instead of this, I was there. He just started to show me ways in which he was just showing up for me. And I was like, wow, like you're really like with me. You really love me. <laughs> like you really care about me because in my like with the things that I've gone through, I really just did not think he cared that much. Right. I just thought I was just one of those people like, you know, I'm, you know, other people are experiencing him in certain ways and I'm just not one of those people. I'm on my own. Yeah. I'm just not one of those people. And yeah, he started to just show me, I never forgot about you. I never forgot about you. And then I always had this gift of having dreams. All of a sudden, like everything amplified. <laughs> like I was dreaming 20 dreams a night and we would be having conversations in the dream and he would be showing me things and just walking me through the next step and level in what he called me to do. And the first thing he said to me and the first time he showed up to me, he said to me, I need you to go out and be the evidence of my existence. Hmm. He said, I need you to go out there and remind people that I have not forgotten about them the same way you thought I forgot about you. And... <laughs> The funny thing is when he calls you to do something, he starts putting you in scenarios, <laughs> right? Yes. Where you have to show up in that capacity. So I would be going around friends or people that I know, and they would start just like word vomiting, <laughs> just telling me their whole entire life story and how they're like, I don't know what's going on with God. Like, he's not hearing me. And, and I just start telling them my testimony and just telling them, like, no, he's here. I was like, the reason why you should know he's here, the fact that I'm here <laughs> is is evidence that he has not forgotten about you. Like, mm -hmm. he literally sent me here to tell you that. Mm -hmm. And he started to use me in that way to just show up for people. It wasn't even in a huge way of like, oh, show up and touch them and heal them or whatever. It was more like, just show up. Just show up and be obedient to whatever I tell you to do. If I say pray with them, pray with them. If I say give them something, give them something. And I just started to just walk in obedience yeah. with him. And, yeah, my life has shifted since then. <laughs> tell me more about that. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, he started to, like, really lay out my purpose. And it's funny that usually your purpose that he has for you is aligned with some of the things that you've gone through, mm. right? And not knowing that the abuse that I went through as a child, I would now be starting a new lineage of trying to dismantle abuse because the abuse that I experienced came from family members. Yeah. Like a lot of people don't know this, but like my grandfather was a pedophile. Mm. Like I came from that where a lot of men in my family came from either being abused or abusers. Yeah. Right? And that was a chain that was on my family for a very long time because a lot of the women in my family are so powerful. They're they're women of God and they have ministries and but it was always something that lingered over us mm. that, you know, father did this, grandfather did this. 
And God just showed me a way to break that chain and start a new one. Mm-hmm. You know, he just said, I want you to go out now. And he made me give up every single thing I've had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every dollar I've ever had. 401k, everything. Give up everything. And he told me to invest in this children's clothing company called Fine Feather Kids. And he said, use the proceeds from that and start a foundation and start donating to causes. And I started doing that in obedience. Just, you know, I purchased the clothing, designed the clothing, and I would just either donate it or I would just sell the clothing and the proceeds from that will go to causes, whether we're giving out tablets or back to school and, you know, all these things. And at the time, I didn't even know that's what he was doing, that he was starting a new chain, mm-hmm. right? I was just being obedient at the time. And then one day he said to me, start a foundation. Gave me the name, everything, everything laid it out. <laughs> I've never seen God order the steps of something like this. And it's that, that's just my experience. I'm not saying he's never done it, but sure. that's just my experience. He has ordered the steps of this, every step of it. If there's been a mishap, I've made it. <laughs> I've made it. Like I didn't hear clearly or something. I'm like, oh, I misunderstood. But like he's ordered every step in this. And he said, start a foundation and start doing free after school programs and summer camps. And I'm like, okay, God, but you know, the business is only making, you know, this amount of dollars. How how are we doing this? And I would never forget this day. <laughs> I showed up to church and I was praising and I heard him say so clearly, you are not showing up the way I called you to. And I burst out crying. Mm. I cried that entire day. I could not stop crying because at that time I was like in it. It was like me and Jesus, like we're rocking out. (laughs) Like that's it. So I'm like, oh my God, to feel like you're disappointing God is like the worst feeling ever. Right? It's like the guilt that just surrounds you. But that's, he wasn't trying to guilt trip me. He just wanted to get my attention. Mm. And at the time, I think I was, I was kind of like teething and trying to figure out like, yes, you said something. I know you spoke this, but how do I go about doing it? And me still coming from this plan of like feeling like, oh, I have to do everything in my own strength. Yeah. I'm thinking, well, I got to go out there and sell some more. I've got to do more. I've got to do more. I got to keep pushing. I got to go harder. So I'm thinking now, okay, I got to go do more. I got to figure this thing out. How am I going to do this? I'm trying. I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm like crying my eyes out. And that day I had a pop-up shop to go to West Park in Allentown. And at that point, like, I'm so depressed and sad. I didn't want to go anywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, really? I should just go home, meditate, you know, center myself. Maybe I'm not hearing clearly. I need to go talk to him. And he said to me, no, go. So I show up to West Park. And this event was not great, okay? <laughs> it was three vendors there. It, was, it wasn't, there was no one walking through the park. It was dry, okay? And in my mind, I'm like, you told me to come. There's nothing happening here. Why am I here? And I'm still bawling my eyes out. And now my niece and my daughter's like running the business while I'm in the corner, like crying. And I'm like, every time a customer comes, I'm like trying to stop it up, like, I got to stop. And in comes Miss Erica Henry and Blake <laughs> Henry and beautiful Alexi. <laughs> 
And you guys are just walking through the park and you just come on over and you're just like, okay, what's happening? What are you guys doing? <laughs> and I'm there talking, okay, so we have this children's clothing and we sell this and that or whatever. And you're like, no, 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 no. What do you do? Like, what is this about? Like, God is telling me, like, this is about something else. What is this about? And I start telling you, he called me to do this nonprofit. You know, I'm supposed to use it to do an after-school program. I don't have space. You know, I'm trying to figure it out and work it. And you just said, huh, okay. And you just said, okay, I just need your information because I think I can help you with something. Mm. And I'm like, okay. And we exchange information. <laughs> I think you bought two little outfits for Alexi. And yeah. then you're like, okay, we'll be in touch. <laughs> you walk away. And I can't remember if I was the one that contacted you first or you did. I think I emailed you. You e- Yes. Yeah. So you emailed me immediately, which was, which was yeah, so girl. fun. You didn't even wait a day. Nope, I can't. So within like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, I'm like looking through my phone. Here's an email that pops up. And you're like, hey, it was so good talking to you, but like. God laid it on my heart to reach out to you. And you're like, there's this building that I work at. We're in 9th Street. And I feel like it'll be a perfect location for you. And I'm like, no way. What? (laughs) You're like, yes, I'll take you to it. You can take a look at it. You can let me know what you're trying to do. At this point, Erica just met me in the park. Like, she doesn't know (laughs) if I'm a thief. an assassin she knows nothing about me she's just being led by the holy spirit right to yeah. just reach out and just do this thing and i remember re- replying to the email i'm like oh my god what are you doing oh my god like just amazed and it switched from like crying mercilessly to like praising god in the park like oh my god you're doing something you're doing something and it's so funny because in that park, I did not realize that the mo- one of the most powerful connections that I would have right now was in the park at that moment. Yeah. And I was believing that, you know, it needed to be a crowd mm. and a lot of people and this huge extravaganza. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Just a couple of people in the park and there you were, you showed up. Dan Bosque, who you introduced me to, was yeah. in the park that day. Pat Simpson was in the park that yes, day. Yep. And these are all people that are now aligned with my organization to help support and do what we need to do for the youth in the community. And just realizing, wow, just from that one thing in that moment, say, hey, you're not you're not showing up the way I called you to. I need, I need you to see this here. You're not understanding. Like you're trying to do too much in your own strength. That's what he was trying to say. Yeah. But I thought he was saying to me, no, you need to do more. Mm. No, he said to me, all you need to do is show up. Mm-hmm. I just need you to show up. <laughs> just show up. Stop believing you have to do everything. You have to do all these things. I just need you to show up. Mm-hmm. And I just showed up that day being obedient because Lord knows that day I was like, uh if there was a day to be disobedient, it could have been that day. Yeah. <laughs> I was not in the mood that day. But that day literally changed my life. Mm, mine too. Yeah. That day literally changed my life. And to see, we're coming full circle on a year. Uh, so yeah, we're just about out a year. We're coming full circle on a year with what God has done with us. Yeah. With just this this meeting. And the funny thing is when you tell me you had visions of certain things and you're like, I didn't even know what it was about. But God was planning and putting us in alignment with what he wanted to do 
in the world right now. And it's just amazing to see how everything is unfolding, how we are now in the middle of our first summer camp. Yes. For these kids that I did not have to come out of the pocket for. <laughs> like, I didn't have to sell any clothes for it. He just provided it. Yep. He just provided all of it for us to be able to care for these kids and be the evidence of his existence in their lives. So they know that he is here. He loves them. He cares about them. Because majority of the kids in our program are foster kids mm-hmm. or kids that are struggling, single parents, kids kids that are autistic. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're, we're caring for his babies. Mm-hmm. And I don't take that lightly. No. <laughs> I don't take it lightly, but I know, you know, when God has called you to do something, he will prepare the table. Mm-hmm. He will prepare the table and he has prepared the table for this. And I know we're just seeing a glimpse of what he's about to do. And I just can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to see the rest of it. Me neither. You know, our the story of how our paths intersected reminds me of a phrase that we use called like the nonlinear leadership of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I think people like you and I who like to be strategic and have a plan and think that we need to do it all on our own. Like we want to have this feeling of like, first I do this, then I do this, then I do this. And what I'm hearing in your story and how our paths intersected was we had both gotten to this place where we were kind of broken down Mm -hmm where we just realize all I can do is try to be obedient in this moment. And I don't know why God is asking me to do this or inviting me into this situation, but I know that I can say yes, and I just have to say yes as often as I can. And we had just moved into that house weeks prior to taking that walk in the park. So God had just moved mountains for us to be able to purchase that home that's right next to the park. And Blake just happened to say, hey, let's go for a walk. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And But there's just this disposition that Jesus has been training in our family to say, you never know. You never know who you're going to meet. You never know what God might do in any given moment. And for me, the world just kind of sparkles. People, when I walk through the world on my good days, when I see people and I have this I just have this constant story of, I wonder, I wonder if this is someone God wants me to meet. I wonder if this is someone that God has brought into our lives. I wonder if this is someone that I can become, is this going to be my friend? Like you said, I didn't know if you, who you were, but all I knew is that when we saw you, I had this feeling, go talk to her, go figure out what's going on over there. And like you said, here we are a year later and we're becoming just like partners in ministry and in our community and God's bringing kids for us to love on and serve and and partner with and it's it's one of it's one of my favorite stories to tell. Yes. Yeah. Man. Who would know? Who would have known? Who would have known? And you know another thing just maybe as a, a closing reflection as you were sharing about the early part of your story and your experience um as a young person as a child into your early teens was that you were not protected mm. from something that you should have been protected from. Yeah. And the the fact that you internalized that as I have to take care of myself, and that is kind of what launched you into this independent way of being, 
although that is not true, it's not true that God didn't care for you. It wasn't true that God had abandoned you or, or wasn't looking out for you. It wasn't true that you had to do everything in your own strength. Even that misunderstanding, uh, it catalyzed something in you that, like you said, you're now breaking generational trauma. And God was with you through all of that. God was with you through your misunderstandings. God wasn't upset at you because you misunderstood God. God was caring for you, interceding, rescuing you in certain situations, sometimes just these incredible supernatural occurrences. And whenever you got to a point where you were ready to understand just how much God loved you, he, God wasn't there tapping his toe saying, how dare you? I can't believe you didn't. He was just like, I love you. And I, and I am going to send you out to demonstrate my love to other people. And I take so much heart because I think each of us have a journey we journey out of things. We journey into it. We have misunderstandings. We have right understandings. We think we know things about God that turn out to be wrong. Um, we think we know things about ourselves that turn out to be wrong. And it's really easy to feel guilt and shame about that. But what I hear from your story is that God has shown you when he took you through that montage of all these inst- instances in your life that he he's putting it all together. You know, he's weaving it all together. There's, there's nothing lost in your story. There's nothing wasted in your story and God's working it all out. And like you said, you're just at the very beginning of your fine feather adventure. I know. And who knows where God's going to take it from here. Man, you know, that vision that, you know, God gave to me that can't leave my mind now um the one of planting these orange trees in the in the desert yeah you know it's it's that that's something only god can do Mm. so even in that vision of him showing us working together and planting these orange trees in dry places even in that he was showing you have to do this with me. Mm-hmm. You can't do it in your own strength. That's not something that is even capable of doing. Yeah. Like so, I I look at that every time I feel like I'm overwhelmed or something looks too heavy for me to carry. I remember planting the orange trees mm-hmm. <laughs> in the desert, and then I just quickly click back to remembering, like, yeah, this is yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is yours. It's your mission. You've called us to do this thing. You've called us to be the evidence of your existence in in our communities and, you know, for children. And we have to do that with the Holy Spirit. We can't do it without it. So I know even on the days where I'm like at my lowest, his grace is sufficient. Mm. (laughs) His grace is sufficient. And where I am weak, he is strong. He comes in when I'm weak. Yes. So sometimes even recently, I just start saying, Daddy, (laughs) I'm weak. Do this. (laughs) You can do it. You you got this. Yes. And and he comes through. He comes through. He always does. In his time, Mm. that's a whole different podcast. (laughs) (laughs) In his own perfect time. But yeah, he does come through and I I just love I love 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 this new walk I'm on with him. Love this journey. I just love him. Mm. <laughs> and there's even Andrean when we first met, 
I felt, you could ask like this, I felt the sense of like, man, she's trying to do it all. Mm. You know, she's got such a heavy burden. And my heart for you, even even though we were kind of strangers at that point, was like, oh, God, you're so much better than that. Like you, you're not burdening her like you. She has so much to offer and so many gifts and such a generous spirit that she's going to she's going to be obedient. But it's not it's not like that. It's not like she has to save the world. It's not like she has to figure this all out. You want to do it and you want to do it with her. And I have just, even in our friendship as it's blossomed in the last year, seen just a softening mm. of that. I don't know if you've ex- if, if that makes sense or resonates yes. with you, but just even just like a relaxing. Yeah. And I, you call God daddy. I do. And I've just <laughs> noticed you just like relaxing into your daddy, yeah. you know, and, and letting him hold you and carry you. He always has been doing that. Mm-hmm. But what's so interesting is our perspective can sometimes limit our ability to actually experience that. And when we're struggling, you know, I think of Alexi, whenever he's worn out or having a tantrum and I'm holding him and he's struggling, he's kicking and he's trying to do this and he's trying to do that. And I know, oh, you just need to go to sleep, buddy. I'm holding him. I'm nurturing him. I'm loving him. (laughs) But he's not feeling that in the moment. But he gets to a point where he's so tuckered out that he just relaxes into my arms and I can sing to him and and he can fall asleep and he can rest, which is the thing that he needs. And in a way, I think that's an image God's giving me for all the struggle. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do this. And he's like, oh, no, I got you. Just rest. I've got you. Yeah. Oh, man. The be stillness. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's, that's where I am in my journey right now with learning when to be still and when he wants me to be an active participant. Yep. You know, and and I'm very honest with the struggle of it, kn- knowing when. Yeah. You know, knowing when. So now I just make it a mission to just tap in with him all the time. Like, hey, is this a be still moment? Because mm. <laughs> it seemed like it is because you can clearly see when certain things are like, this is way outside of my wheelhouse yes. <laughs> like I can't do this yes. there's no way and I don't even want to try to do it like what do you want me to do here and he's just said be still yeah does it yeah i'm like oh my god great (laughs) but then there there are times where 
Like he said, he wants me to show up. Yep, lean in. Lean in, yep. do it. And there's times when the enemy is attacking you and you have to push through and you have to fight. So it, the, the, the challenge now is how to navigate when all those things are happening. And the only way I've figured out to navigate it is just to always lean on him. Yes. Lean on him. If I'm always with him, there's no way that I will have those kind of a missteps of not figuring it out. And even if I do have a misstep, his grace is sufficient. He's right there. <laughs> He's right there. Yeah. He's right there to pick up the pieces and put me right back in alignment. Yep. You know, so, yeah, I know other people out there. I know other Christians are having that struggle of when to move, when not to move, when to do, when not to do. And it it is frustrating at times. But my advice is just to lean on him. Mm-hmm. Lean on him. And if you're being still and he wants you to move, you will know. Yeah. <laughs> you will know because he knows how to get our attention. And when he wants you to be still, you will know. Mm. <laughs> you will know because he has specific ways how he answers his children. And he does it specifically to you. Mm-hmm. Like every, he doesn't respond to everyone the same. Right. He knows our algorithm. Mm-hmm. So I just look for where he shows up and I'm like, yeah, okay, you're telling me that sit still right now and be quiet and do nothing. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I think like you were saying earlier, where you said if there's been a mishap, it's because I misunderstood something or I acted in a way that was kind of outside what God had had laid out knowingly or unknowingly. And I think um, that is where we can get into trouble is thinking, I have to figure this out. Yeah. I have to, I have to know, I should know this. I, I have to be independent. I have to do this. But what you are describing to me is a relationship of interdependence where you are dependent upon Christ to give you the wisdom of how he wants you to engage moment by moment, situation by situation. I think sometimes we want to get so wise in our own selves that we don't need to to be in constant um, communication with Jesus, that that we can just kind of go do our own thing now because we've, we've got the facts. And Jesus wants to be in a partnership with us. And that means that, you know, when when we're partners in something, I just don't go off on my own and do whatever I think is right. I have to talk to my partner because we're mutually vested in this situation. I love that. And I think that's the kind of relationship Jesus wants to have with us, whether we're people like you and me who think we have to do it on our own or people that might be on the other spectrum that feel like I can't do anything or I don't know what to do. Jesus is like, well, I know what you should do. And I'm your partner, so let's do this together. And I, we have a tendency to try to get out and do stuff on our own. And I, so I think a lot of the times Christ's word to us is like, I got you. Yeah. And probably default to rest because you're going to go do something foolish and we'll clean it up and it'll be okay. But we could do this together and, and, and it would go a lot more smoothly. Yeah. <laughs> For you. <laughs> oh my God. You know, it's so funny that you mentioned that because in, in the lesson of my new journey of a testimony that he's working on <laughs> right now, <laughs> um, one of the things he taught me was um, being in agreement mm. with what he's doing mm. and realizing at times that we're not in agreement with what God is trying to do with us. Mm. We want to do it in a specific way or we want him to show up in a specific way. We want it to look a specific way. So even though we might be praying and say, God, I want whatever you want for me in our minds. It's it's like ruminating. And it's like, um, but if you can just give me that job with that pay that works and I'm only five minutes away down, that'll be great. Mm-hmm. 
that's not what that means. <laughs> if we're surrendering and we want what God wants for us, like that shouldn't even be in our minds. Mm. But we're trying to curate what the next step and the purpose should look like. And he said to me, no, I just need you to be in agreement with what I'm doing right now in this season. Mm. And once you agree, then I'll give you the steps and what to do. If you're not in agreement, then you're always just going to be in this limbo of like, you're not in agreement with me. You're in an argument with me. You're uh -huh. arguing <laughs> with what I'm trying to do right now. You're fighting your next step in the purpose that I have for you. And I'm like, wow, I didn't see it that way. I didn't, I didn't know. I'm thinking, okay, your will be done. But I'm upset about what you're doing right now. Okay, I'm, I'm really upset, but your will be done. Do you? Like, you know what? No, like, it's a partnership, like you said. And he wants you to be in agreement. Sign the contract. And if you sign the contract, then you'll be able to see what's next. Mm -hmm. And you'll be able to see that what I have laid out for you is way better than you could ever imagine. Yeah. Like, way greater. And, yeah, I'm seeing that right now in my life of, like, yeah, you're right. I just need to be in agreement with whatever you're doing. Mm. If you say move, I just need to move. If you if you say sit still, I just need to sit still. I just need to be in agreement with whatever you want to do because he knows the future. Mm -hmm. I don't. Even if he shows me things in the prophetic, that is the future. It's a glimpse. Mm -hmm. It's a glimpse. It's a small visual of what he's trying to do. And he's just given me enough to keep going. Mm -hmm. So if I want to see the full picture and the fullness of the purpose and make it to the promised land, I need to walk this thing out. And I need to be in agreement with whatever it is he's doing, even if I hate it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and I think this brings our conversation full circle because once we come to understand that God does love us and cares for us and really is with us, then it makes it easier to trust him when we don't understand it makes us easy. It makes it easier if we have this sense that God doesn't care, that God's absent, that God is punishing. You know, wants to punish us. Um, whatever some of our residual ideas of God might be, when we go through difficult seasons, it's really hard to trust that God could be at work in those seasons. But you have been on this journey where you were able to come to this knowledge that. Oh my God, God has been with me, loving me, rescuing me, protecting me this whole time. He never left me. He never stopped loving me. He never gave up on me. And so this season feels really scary and there's lots of unknowns, but you know what? I can trust daddy. I can trust God and I'm scared. I'm crying or this is a hard day or this is an easy day, but I know that God loves me. I know that he's got my back yeah. and it makes all the difference. It does. It does. What by faith and not by sight. Mm. <laughs> well, that's that's my finishing line. Walk by faith and not by sight. Now, I would say when you're gifted with the prophetic, that is really, really hard. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're you're used to seeing things, mm -hmm. right? But when sometimes you go through a season where he doesn't want to show you anything. Because he knows if he shows you something, especially like me, oh, he showed me that. Let me go make it happen. I'll go do it now. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's get let's get to it. But no, sometimes he'll blind you in a season. He'll show you other things, but he'll blind you to something that he's trying to do with you because he's like, Okay, is your faith does faith come by seeing? Mm. <laughs> 
No, it comes by hearing. Mm-hmm. So I just need to listen to him and do what he's telling me to do and just walk. Yep. Just walk, walk, walk. And yeah, that's my that's my little <laughs> my little advice for everyone. Easier said than done. You're gonna have days that you struggle. But if you just cling to his word, just cling to any promise that he's ever spoken over your life. It is so. His word never goes void. Mm. Never goes void. Whatever he says is so. So if he says he's going to do this thing, you just have to, you know, guard your mind, guard your heart. That's where the battle is. It really is in your mind. That's where the enemy attacks you and tells you that he's not going to do it. And Look what's happening. It's never going to happen. Guard your heart. Guard your mind. And just know that it's already done. Mm. <laughs> It's already done. Yeah. Andrine, I love you. <laughs> I love you more. I'm so glad that God brought <laughs> us into each other's lives, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what other testimonies that we'll get to oh, yeah. tell and share together. Absolutely. Thanks for being on today. Open my ears. I want to hear you speak. And I'm really grateful that you are a part of the Holy District story as well. Thanks for tuning in this week. We look forward to having you back next week as we continue our Testify series. And as usual, I would love to invite you to take a next step with the Holy District community, whether that's following us on Instagram or Facebook at Rediscover Sacred, checking out our website, holydistrict.org. You can sign up for a spiritual direction session with one of our pastoral team or just show up at one of our neighborhood gatherings. We would love to see you in person. But wherever you're at, whatever your next step is, I'm trusting that Jesus is there with you, taking care of you every step of the way. We'll talk to you next time. The Holy District is a growing network of people in the United States who are finding creative ways to live integrated, Jesus-centered lives in our communities, with our communities, and for our communities. We're dedicated to rediscovering the sacred in the everyday spaces where we already live, work, and play. And we're really glad that you're on the journey with us.